Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let's talk about what's going on here at home. Because there are developments, including the Public Health Agency of Canada endorsing the Pfizer vaccine for 5 to 11-year-olds. That's got a lot of people talking. Joining us on the program, Dr. Isaac Bogosh, infectious diseases specialist at Toronto General Hospital, associate professor of medicine at the University of Toronto, and of course was a member of the Ontario Task Force on Vaccination. Dr. Bogosh, thank you very much for taking the time. The developments in Europe are very interesting. I wonder if they're going to spread to this country and uh, and to us. But let me start with this question, and please fit that in anywhere you wish. What about the idea of vaccinating 5 to 11-year-olds? I'm receiving many emails from parents saying, I don't think so. Yeah, totally fair. Everyone's allowed to have, uh, you know, fear, anxiety, concern about this. These are natural. Everyone just wants what's best for their kids. I mean, these are completely normal responses. And on the flip side of the coin, you have other parents who are jumping in with two feet and they can't wait to get their their kids vaccinated. I mean, listen, I think it's fair to communicate that kids, of course, can get this infection. Kids can transmit this infection. Kids can amplify this infection. Kids can get sick from this infection. It's not as common as adults, but they sure can. They sure can. The vaccine appears to be able to significantly reduce the risk of infection in kids, and that would also mean reducing the risk of severe infection in kids. It would reduce the risk that they get it at a school environment or an extracurricular activity. It reduces the risk that they bring it home to a family member, including a vulnerable family member. There's a lot of good reasons to vaccinate. But yeah, yeah some, some families have concerns and questions, and that's okay. There's no reason to shame and blame or have stigma. If you have questions or concerns, sit down with your health care provider. Get those taken seriously, address them with empathy, and get your, your concerns answered. I think if we do that, we'll see a lot more people vaccinate their children. Yeah, you'd be comfortable vaccinating your own kids, right? Yeah, yeah, I would. I absolutely would. Um, but, uh, but you know, like everything else in this pandemic, what's, what's good for me might not be the same for mm-hmm. everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, that's okay. I think we'll watch probably 50 to 60% of parents vaccinate their children, and maybe we'll watch the other 50 40 50 percent uh maybe slowly come around to this with time how concerned should people be about side effects potential side effects of a vaccine uh, for children you obviously cannot ignore it we have to acknowledge that the clinical trial in children was small so you're not going to detect the rare side effects that can occur those will be detected in what's called post-marketing surveillance which is when the vaccine rolls out in a massive community, we'll be able to detect the very, very rare side effects with that. Uh, and that's, that's real. I mean, that's, that's, we saw that happen, for example, with AstraZeneca and the blood clotting, right? The clinical trials were about 25, 30,000 people, but the risk of this blood clotting event was about, probably ends up being around 1 in 61 and 70,000. You're not going to detect that even in a massive clinical trial. So, you know, there might be some rare side effects that are seen, and we just have to acknowledge uncertainty. If you read the NASI document, they outline this beautifully. They communicate the risk, the benefit, the uncertainty. They still say people should really go and get this, but, uh, but they also acknowledge that some people might want to wait, and that's okay. We should not be shaming and blaming for those that decide to wait a little bit longer. What are your thoughts on the uh, antivirals developed by Merck and Pfizer, and and I've read the reports. I'm sure that you're, you're very familiar with this, so I'll ask you for, for some detail, that if you take these antiviral pills, that you're reducing the likelihood of being 
infected uh, by, by a virus, including a coronavirus, by some 90 to 95 percent. Do I have those, those numbers right? Yes. Yeah, so these pills look fantastic. Again, we have to see the data. I'm very skeptical of press releases from big corporations. If they're as good as the companies say they are, then we're, they'll be put to good use. The Merck can reduce the risk if someone's infected, reduces the risk of severe infection like hospitalization and death by 50 percent. Pfizer's by about close to 90 percent. Here's the trick. You got to get diagnosed quickly. You got to start those pills quickly, very soon after the infection for them to have their maximum benefit. That's based on everything we know about them. We'll probably have access to them. Here's the other point. This is helpful. This is very helpful. COVID's not going anywhere. This is very helpful. But obviously, if you can prevent that from happening in the first place, like with vaccination, you're, you're far better off in any infectious disease. The goal is prevention rather than treatment, but it's great to have treatment in our back pocket if we get access to them. I don't know when they'll be rolling these out in Canada. I mean, we're probably months and months away from having these available to us in Canada. Okay. This may be an overly simplistic way of asking the question, but our anticipation was in the summertime that when we were vaccinated, Canadians, I say collectively, after we received our two vaccinations, we'd be fine. We'd be safe from, from COVID, relatively, largely safe from COVID. Here we are. We're heading into winter. We're seeing what's happening in Europe, and, and, it's, and it's disturbing. It's concerning. And I know a lot of the numbers have to do with unvaccinated, but still it's concerning. And now we have a booster shot, and uh, we're have to, we have to decide whether we're going to agree to be booster vaccinated. I will, but many won't. Um, who's winning this, this battle? Is COVID winning or are we winning? How, how's, how's this developing? Yeah, so I'd like to break this up into individual health and population health from an individual health standpoint. If you've received two doses of the vaccine, first of all, congratulations. The effectiveness of that persists over time. Yes, of course, there's breakthrough infections. Uh, it's less likely if, to get infected if you're vaccinated, but of course, it's not impossible. But you, the risk of having a severe infection requiring hospitalization and death is extraordinarily, it's so much less common in the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated, so much less common. But like anything else, you know, the, uh, the booster vaccine probably does add a significant layer of protection. I think it's fair to say that for adults, this is probably a three-dose vaccine series. And guess what? There's lots of three-dose vaccines. Many people have had them. Hepatitis B, HPV, pertussis. Like, there's lots of three-dose vaccines. This is probably just another one. No big deal population health levels. So that's at the individual level. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to get, you're, you're, it's so unlikely you're going to land in hospital and die with this. You might get the infection, but you're not going to get sick and die. Um, from a population health standpoint, yeah, you're watching. Listen, it's winter. People are inside. Uh, we do see breakthrough infections, but we also see a disproportionate number of infections in the unvaccinated. And you hear, oh, but Roy, 90% of eligible people in Canada have had at least the first dose. Yes. But that's a percentage. We still have to think about the absolute number of people who remain unvaccinated. That's in the millions. So you can't get surprised when you have a variant like Delta that is exquisitely contagious from finding people who are unvaccinated. It will find you. It will find you. It just needs time. It's not going anywhere, and it will find the unvaccinated. And sadly, it, it can do some damage. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.